Welcome to our first episode of Play It Safe. Hi, I'm Joel Wasserman. I'm Tracy Arlington. Yeah, and what weird, strange times we're in with this coronavirus. But there's good coming from it because we've finally been able to get the wheels turning on this podcast that so many people have been asking us to produce. Yeah, we uh, are self-defense instructors. Uh, I'm a black belt and uh, we're both nationally certified self-defense instructors. We travel around San Diego County, actually Southern California, and we've trained hundreds of thousands of children and teens and women. Um, so we hear a lot of stories, and a lot of those stories have great endings, and we just want to be able to share them with you. Hopefully your kiddos are listening to our podcast. Most of these segments are going to, our episodes are going to be family-friendly, uh, so the kid, your kiddos can learn from the stories that we've heard and we've gleaned information from. And then what we want to do is we want to talk to our listeners about um, what they could do if they ever find themselves in that situation. Yeah, I really like this. Um, so I've been in the martial arts most of my life. I also did five years in the United States Navy uh, military. I was. Thank you for your service. Oh, you're very <laughs> welcome. Yeah, I was a weapons handler. I was an aviation ordnance man. So for most people, that sounds like another language. But in the military, that means... Missiles, bombs, machine guns, and firearms. So that's what I did when I was in the military. And then I've studied uh, martial arts most of my life. And then I've also had uh, a time in my, my, my youth where, you know, I kind of ran awry for a while too. So I have uh, very rich life experiences. And um, I like to look over these different stories and when I teach so that uh, we can apply you know, what we've learned on how people can be safe and stay safe and um, not become a victim. So Right. And we could not proceed into our first story without talking about our little sidekick, Cece the Chihuahua. Oh, yeah. little Cece. Yeah. So we teach kids um, and, and adults that uh, to go Chihuahua crazy if anybody ever attacks them. And uh, you'll see Cece, our little sidekick on our... Uh, on our website, playitsafepodcast.com. Yeah, Cece's awesome learning uh, dog because when we go and we teach the kids and the parents, you know, it, it's a way to make something that could be a scary subject more friendly and more funny and engaging. And I think the parents like it just as much as the kids. And to be able to see, you know, the puppet come alive and how it can defend itself. It really uh, strikes a chord with the students on, hey, uh, self-defense doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be boring. It can be fun. It can be practical. And it's a lot easier to remember the skills that you've learned when it's taught in that type of fashion. Yeah. Um, and parents, if you ever want to see it in full action, you've got to rent Beverly Hills Chihuahua 1 and 2. My favorite scene we are tiny, but we are mighty. We are Chihuahua, Chihuahua warriors. warriors. Yeah, excellent. All right, well, let's get this uh, podcast kicked off with our first story. And this is truly one of my favorite stories. 
um, that takes place in Millington, Michigan. Um, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Which, if you need to know, is outside of Flint, Michigan. Okay. We'll have to look it up on the map. Okay. Um, It's a warm and humid Friday night in August of 2018. And four girls, Allison Eikhoff, um, she's 11, her older sister, Lauren, who's 14, and then they have two friends that are 12 and 14, Chloe and Cadence. Uh, So the four girls, they decide they're going to go to the summer festival. And when they get there, they discovered that it was closed, so they decide they're going to go to the local Speedway gas and convenience store to get some drinks and snacks. Allison, the 11-year-old, got a Slurpee. Okay. And the other three girls bought iced coffees. Okay. At the age of 12 and 14, they're drinking iced coffee. Yeah. So sophisticated. Yeah, well, we're 2020, right? Right. (laughs) So anyhow, after the girls leave the the convenience store, they notice that there was this guy that seemed to be following them. And little Allison, the 11-year-old, actually said he looked really weird. So what they did was they decided to cross the street and um, go to um, a well-lit area across the street to see if he would follow. And, of course, what do you think happened? He followed them. He followed them, right, yeah. So this guy, 22-year-old Bruce Hipkins, follows them. And Lauren, the 14-year-old sister, said he got so close to little Allison that as soon as he got up behind her, Lauren actually screamed, Allison! And that's when Hipkins grabbed the 11-year-old's face. He put his hand over her mouth and said to her, you're coming with me. So he all started to drag her away. I mean, how scary for these poor girls to watch this. Yeah, and who wants to know where he was trying to take them? What a sicko. Yeah, and I think that most kids um, probably would have froze at that point or maybe just stood there screaming, you know, and not have reacted. But this is my favorite part of the story. This is the part that I love to tell our students when we're teaching. Allison, the the little one that he had grabbed, chucks her Slurpee on him, and then her older sister Lauren and Chloe and Cadence all throw their iced coffees on him. They start kicking and screaming and punching him. They even said they punched him in the head. Right on. (laughs) I know, right? So he lets go of Allison and actually grabs one of the older girls by the hair. I don't know if he was trying to defend himself or he was raging, but that's when they continued to beat him up even more. Girl power. Yeah, you go girls. So he finally lets go. He runs off, and then the girls take off running about a block to like a restaurant, hotel in type of a place, and that's when the employees call the police. Um, the report said that they were shaken up, but none of them were seriously hurt. So, yeah, thank God for that. Well, in the meantime... Mm, meantime. Yep. Millington police officers are, pick up Bruce Hipkins, who's walking along the road. <laughs> and they said it was so obvious they caught the right guy, as Hipkins had coffee stains all over his T-shirt. Oh, my gosh, Joel. You've got to check out his headshot. Oh, yeah. I yeah. see it. I'm, I'm looking at it yeah, right now. The mug shot on yeah. a good, everybody go to play at savepodcast.com and you'll see um, his mug shot. He's got coffee stains all over his t shirt. I mean, wouldn't you think he'd change his shirt or, or try to get home? But, you know. Uh, who knows? Who knows? I am. Uh, so, anyhow, he was charged with kidnapping, unlawful imprisonment, assault with intent to commit sexual penetration, and other charges. 
His bond was set at $250,000. He'll be locked away for a while. Yeah. I thought it was kind of interesting that he was charged with unlawful imprisonment. Just mm -hmm. that quick time that he held on to her. Right. It was considered unlawful imprisonment. And from what I understand is I think if you move somebody more than five feet, um, it's kidnapping. Okay. Yeah. So he got attempted kidnapping. So anyhow, so check this out. How did these girls know how to react so fast? This is the incredible part of this story. How did they know? Allison and Lauren's dad, um, Aaron Eichhardt, teaches and practices self-defense with the girls regularly. Oh, that's great. Isn't that cool? And yeah. Allison even said when they interviewed her on Inside Edition, my dad taught us, teaches us how to punch and strike. In fact, her favorite strike, if you need to know, is the throat strike. Oh, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah. I don't really recommend that for kids, but hey, if it works, it works, right? Right. Yeah. So anyhow, um, he, he would teach the girls how to punch, where to punch or strike. And he also taught them that whatever they had in their hand, they could use as a weapon. And she said, it just so happened. I had a Slurpee. Yeah. Well, that worked out good. And it worked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, the girls urge other people that might find themselves in this situation. And this is what they say. Always fight back because you always have a chance. I totally agree. Yeah. They never stopped. They just yeah. kept on going. Yeah. And the Millington police officer, Chief uh, Jason Oliver, said that the girls thought fast and they did the right thing by fighting back. So that's pretty cool. And then this is their last message. If you go, their, uh, you see their interview on Inside Edition. This was the message that they had for Bruce. They all said, don't mess with us. <laughs> How hilarious is that? That's really awesome that yeah. they're able to stand up for themselves and, and fight off this, uh, this, this weirdo. And uh, protect themselves and get away. Yep. And now he's caught. He's behind bars. And um, hopefully this never happens to any of you, our listeners. But if you have a similar story or, or some sort of uh, experience, you know, feel free to share that with us because we'd like to review uh, the story and then, you know, what went right, what went wrong. Because there's usually different signs before these things happen. And it's good to share those experiences with other people because then they can pick up on if it's happening to them. Yeah, exactly. You learn by other people's stories. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So these are our Chihuahua crazy lessons to be learned. All right. So number one, um, the first thing I noticed when I read the story was that they were aware of their surroundings. 90% of self-defense is awareness. And I don't just mean being aware of your surroundings, you know, we always say that, but also being aware of when your gut, your gut instinct, we call it your creep alarm, is signaling um, that something doesn't feel right. You know, if it, if it doesn't feel right, it's not right. You know, if it's creepy or feels creepy, it's probably creepy. So I was really impressed with the way that they use um, their awareness skills and they listen to it. Because I think kids tend to not listen to that. And um, I always like to tell parents, the best way to teach your kids awareness is to ask them to start showing you um, people who look aware. Um, show mommy someone who doesn't look aware. Uh, give me an example of what awareness looks like. And you know, another fun exercise too is um, when I would take my kids to the grocery store and we'd get to the car, I would say to the boys, 
hey, what color hair did the checker have at the checkout stand? And as they got older, then I would say, what was her name or his name on the name tag? So it was actually teaching my kids to be aware. And attention to detail. Learn exactly. that in military. is yeah. uh, If somebody helps you, customer service representative, you always find out their name because... Somebody later on might ask you who helped you and you just can't say that person helped me or, mm -hmm. you know, you need to have an identifier, you need to have a name and what they look like right, and right. that way if you have to follow up, you have the proper response to follow up and track that person. Exactly. And we know too, you know, you, you hear the police say that they'll come in after an attack and they'll take witnesses' stories and they'll ask them questions and sometimes um, none of them agree on what the guy looked like. Even down to ethnicity. Right. Right? Or, yeah. So, um, teaching our kids at a really young age uh, to pay attention to detail, like you said, um, and just using fun little awareness exercises. So, that's what I was the most impressed with was they were aware of their surroundings. They were aware of him. The older sister, Lauren, was aware that he got close to Allison. Um, and then the next thing I was really impressed with, with they knew that they needed to move to a well-litted area. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. when they crossed the street, I think that actually bought them some time to try to assess the situation, get some distance, and see if this person was really actually following them or if he was just walking behind them. But it's obvious once they cross the street and he crossed the street, they're like, okay, he really is following us. Now we need to come up with a game plan. Mm -hmm. uh, what should we do? How should we do this? Yeah. And then... You know, unfortunately, then he got closer and he probably came up on him pretty quickly because yeah. once they crossed the street, he already knew that they're starting to figure out that that he was after him for something. Yeah, so. exactly. We always teach our students that the five arm length rule to keep a stranger or a car more than five arm lengths. But really, the police say how many feet? 21 feet. 21 feet is a safe distance. Yeah. Yep. So the further, the better. That's what I always say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, the fact that um, he was following them and they recognized that and went to a lighted area was amazing. Another thing we always teach our students and we want you to teach your kids too is that uh, stay with people, which well, they did they were in a group yeah um, or go to people yep stay with people or go to people groups are good and mm -hmm. the awesome thing about this is since there was what's there one two three four girls you know they were able to successfully fight off the stranger but if it was the one girl she it probably wouldn't have been the same results and I guarantee that there was a height and weight and strength differential between uh, Bruce and then Allison. Yeah. So just the fact that they're in a group, they're able to like jump on him, pretty much jump him, yeah. you know, and, and fight him off. Yeah. That's what uh, saved Allison's life, I believe. Yeah, it was like a little pack of chihuahuas going off on him. <laughs> yep, yep. He messed with that. the wrong group. <laughs> exactly, yeah. All right, so we know they were aware of their surroundings. 90% of self-defense is awareness. Uh -huh. um, they did the right thing. They went to a lighted area. Absolutely. Now, the third thing that really stuck out to me was how quickly that they reacted. Um, I listened to uh, a podcast, a Dr. Phil podcast, where he talks about... Um, how to recognize when um, people are trying to uh, hurt you. He calls them baiters. Um, anyhow, in the podcast, he was saying that bad guys say there's about a five-second period of 
denial. So for instance, if somebody gets grabbed, it takes you about five seconds to process what's going on. You know, is this a joke? Do I know this person? Confusion. What's my legal rights? Can mm -hmm. I hit this person? Am I going to be in trouble? Are they joking? Mm -hmm. it, yeah. All of those things run through your mind. What can I do? Yeah. Right. And so, um, bad guys know about the five seconds of denial. So what we teach our students is, you know, the more you practice, the more you think about it, the more you write a script for your brain, the more likely you are to react. And we want them to react in less than three seconds. Because you know how it is in our classes. We can grab a kid, pull them, pick them up, have our hand over their mouth in, what, two seconds? Yeah, and this can even be kids that, are, that practice the martial arts. And we'll tell them, we'll say, hey, we're going to do a drill with you. You can punch or kick us. We're going to grab you and pick you up. Okay, ready? So try to hit us if you can. And usually we scoop them up, have them off their feet. We can run out the door with them without getting hit. Um, they just don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And that's why we want to break that cycle and teach them how to defend themselves and, and not be afraid to defend themselves. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We, gotta, we need to start writing the scripts for our minds and for our children's mind. I always tell people, play the what if game. You know, you're walking to your car and I always say to myself, what would I do if all of a sudden some guy just stepped out um, from behind a van or turned the corner and he was right there in my face? You know, what would I do? The more, uh, it was like in the military, mm -hmm. you prepare through drills, right? Always. Yep. Drilling all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyhow, that five second rule, we want to break that. We want to be able to, to teach ourselves and our children to react um, as quickly as possible. And that's what happened. As soon as he put his hand over Allison's mouth, she doused him <laughs> with her Slurpee. Mm. And then that caused... Um, a disrupt in his plan. And exactly. so they, there's two things a bad guy doesn't want. They don't want to get hurt and they don't want to get caught. And as soon as that Slurpee came raining down on him, um, I'm pretty sure he was like not expecting that. And he was trying to regain control of the situation by grabbing the other sister's hair. Yeah. And he realized he was losing and lost control of the whole situation and got beat up and then took off. And then got caught. Yeah, so. yeah. And that brings us to our fourth point uh, that we learned from the story is not only did the girls react quickly, they didn't stop. Right. They, they went flipping chihuahua, chihuahua crazy, crazy on this yep. guy. Nobody wants you to be loud. Yep. Nobody wants you to fight back. And you know how chihuahuas are. They're like, you know, a rat on cheese. <laughs> yep. And what am I always telling my chihuahua? To be quiet. Yeah. So, and she doesn't listen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, tell everybody about your dogs. Okay. So I have two dogs. I have a pit bull and a chihuahua. The pit bull is lovey-dovey. The chihuahua is vicious. She is, she, she loves us, but she can be a mean little brat too if she wants to. And I'll tell you what, she thinks she's a pit bull. But she's not. She's a little dog. She's eight pounds. The pit bull's like 50 pounds, which is small for a pit bull. But <laughs> she bosses that pit bull around like, yeah. like she's the supervisor. So it's a lot of it has to do with the confidence, not knowing her size, and having, you know, that 
that, that the confidence, you know, the superpower yeah, of knowing if she has to defend herself, she'll bark your ear off, make you deaf, and then she'll probably bite your ankles. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Protect the ankles. Yeah. yeah. It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's, it's the, the size, size of the, the fight, fight and the, and the dog. dog. Exactly. So these girls went chihuahua crazy. And I thought it was really interesting, too. It said that um, even after he had let go of Allison and, and had grabbed the other girl's hair, they continued to fight. For they sure. were they were screaming, they were punching. He even got, uh, I believe, a good punch to the head too. So that Chihuahua cra- craziness was um, um, was critical to the situation. And where did they learn to act like that? Where their dad. There you go. Right, parents. There's nothing uh, more priceless than than teaching your children and being a part of their self defense education about when, how, and why it's appropriate. And um, what they can do to protect themselves because you're not always going to be there. What's that? You call it the mama bear effect? Yeah, exactly. Um, And you know what? What we want, we just want our kids to know that um, if we can't be there, uh, that they have the power to do something. And and that actually gives them the confidence, which in turn keeps them from being afraid of this whole topic. Kids just want to know what to do. And... um, that's a this story is a great example of of doing something but um i believe it was so critical that their dad kept on teaching them and practicing with them and writing that script for their brain so that when somebody touched them they didn't have to think they reacted and it's kind of like what we learn in the martial arts yep we're taught you know to react without thinking the only way you're going to be able to get your child to do that or yourself is you have to think about it before it happens and you need to practice at some point. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Totally right. Hey, you know what? If your child's not into the martial arts or, you know, you adults don't want to or don't have the time to be a martial artist, you don't have to. Find a good self-defense program in your area um, and at least take a self-defense class, you know, you know, once a year. It's kind of like CPR. Yep. And I believe that... The more proactive you are, the less reactive you have to be. So if you can be aware of your surroundings, not put yourself in certain situations, uh, for the obvious reasons, going to ATMs late at night, going out to bars by yourself, uh, these different types of scenarios that law enforcement always tell you, okay, statistically speaking, this is where crime happens. So just by staying away from these certain places, you're being proactive and you're not putting yourself in a situation uh, where you're vulnerable. Exactly, yeah. And we're going to be discussing in future episodes, a lot of the times they say 90% of the time you know your attacker, you know the person that touches you inappropriately or worse. And we'll be talking about sexual assault prevention in future episodes but yeah, right now it's being prepared, it's being aware, and it's talking about this topic with your children instead of trying to cover it up. Kind of like what we're going through with the virus right now. Yep, putting uh, information, the right information in front mm-hmm. of people. Yeah, and then and teaching kids how to be safe, not scared. Yeah, Correct. Yeah. All right, so... Four things are four takeaways. Be aware of your surroundings, but be aware of the way your what your body's telling you. Yeah. Um, get to people, go to people, stay with people, find a lighted area. Mm-hmm. Um, remember that bad guys know they only have about five seconds. So yep. you know, teach your kids, teach yourself to react quickly. Um, 
Ideally, um, and then of course the fourth thing is go Chihuahua crazy. Yep. And so if you have to defend yourself, you want to go a hundred ten percent full intensity. You know, uh, when we're teaching classes, a lot of times I I tell the students I say fighting somebody off is probably going to be the hardest thing you've ever had to do in your life because the average scenario is going to last a lot longer than you want it to. It's not like the movies where they hit somebody and they fall down the first time. Usually you have to follow it up. Yeah. So thinking mm -hmm. about that, thinking through what particular skills work the best for you. Exactly, yeah. And I know um, when I started training, my sensei always t told me, you know, you're going to get hit. Mm -hmm. It's going to hurt. Yep. But you, gotta, you have to fight through it. Never give up. Never give up. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, like Joel mentioned earlier, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a story of how you got away by going chihuahua crazy on somebody, uh, email us. You can reach us at playitsafepodcast.com. Tell us your story, and we might actually share your story on a future episode. If you'd like more info on our Play It Safe Defense program, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Play It Safe Defense. Yep. Um, we look forward to seeing you in our next episode, and I guarantee you this one's really going to make you laugh because it involves poop. Okay. Be proactive about your safety. Know how to defend yourself. And if that doesn't work, go, go Chihuahua, Chihuahua crazy. crazy.